You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's Friday. It's a little cloudy outside, but there is a big weekend of college baseball coming up. We're in the Farm Bureau studios, and this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Charlie Winfield, Bart Gregory, getting you ready for the rivalry weekend. And, Bart, you'd have to go back to Shakespeare for the somewhat altered version of this quote, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. Uneasy is what Shakespeare said. Well, I would say both these teams uh, have a heavy head. I was, not antici- uneasy. I was not anticipating Shakespeare to come out this morning, in the, so I really don't have a good retort to it. Other than in fifth grade, I was in the play Romeo and Juliet. I was Benvolio, and so I still haven't read Romeo and Juliet. But nonetheless, Charlie, this weekend is a big weekend. But you know what I attribute it to? You know what I really classify this weekend as is a greyhound dog race. You remember that they used to have the green track just across in Alabama? In Utah. Yeah, in Utah, Alabama. They always had these dog tracks around, and I guess they still have the greyhound tracks around. But they always said that if the dog ever caught the rabbit, they'd have to shoot the dog because you're always chasing, you're always chasing. And it's very similar to me for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. <laughs> we caught the rabbit. We we have chased that rabbit and chased that rabbit and chased that rabbit. And we finally caught the rabbit, and the rabbit being, of course, the national championship. And now it's almost like we don't know what to do with it. Well, I'm not going to advocate shooting anyone, but I think the metaphor holds. Yeah, the metaphor is there, unless it's a pellet gun. Well, in which case. Yeah, <laughs> but not an eye. Yeah, not the eye. Oh, man. So, important weekend for both these teams. Ole Miss 2-10 and 10 in SEC play. Mississippi State 3-9. and nine. And, Bart, looking at Ole Miss, this is a team that got off to a good start. At one point, they were ranked number two in the country. Now, look, we all know preseason rankings, early season rankings don't mean a lot. But they started all 14-2 and two since that time, 5-12. and 12. And when I look at these two teams, here's what I see. Teams that recently won titles. Teams that don't pitch it that well right now. Teams that don't always field it that well right now. Teams that can't control the running game very well. There's a lot of challenges for both these teams. And while there are some parts there for both these teams to improve, there's some there's some deep issues that both are trying to work through. Yeah, I agree. And I, th- I think when... When you talk to Ole Miss friends, and, yeah, we do have a few of them every now and then, it's it's very similar when you sit there and have conversations about Ole Miss is having the same difficulties in different areas. It's almost like you know, we pitch it a little bit worse than they do, or a good bit worse than they do in conference play. But only by comparison. Only by comparison. Both, neither are very good in conference play pitching. But we're hitting it much better than they are in conference play. And then both teams have not fielded it as well. I think we have 15 errors in conference play. They have 13 errors in conference play. And mental mistakes, base running, things of that nature. But it almost seems like we're having the exact same season, which is so crazy when you start thinking about it. And let's take away the national championships. When you look over the last several years, 10 years for Mississippi State, and you look at the past 10 years for Ole Miss, 
these have been two of the top baseball programs in the country. And this year is a little bit concerning if you're a Mississippi State fan and if you're an Ole Miss fan. How are they only hitting 236 in league play? When you look at the lineup, Kim Balderman is a good hitter. Groff's a good hitter. Gonzalez will be a top 10 pick in the draft. Chatagne at second base has been there 18 seasons and has another year of eligibility too. Harris, the catcher, has been around. I mean, this is a team, McCants. I mean, McCants, that's one of the things. As we look at Ole Miss, if I were an Ole Miss fan looking at this team, I would be saying, what do we have to do to get Chatagne and McCants to hit the baseball? Well, and, you know, the the first thought is, okay, you've got to figure out a way to get those guys out of the lineup. I mean, we, we gotta, you got to replace somebody. Well, who are you going to replace them with? And to me, an older guy who has hit before and performed well before, you know sooner or later they're going to they're gonna hit. Well, you, you would think that. You know, McCants hit very well his first year. Not as good last year. Chatagne hit better two years ago. And so the question is, how long does it take to come back, right? Yep, eight combined hits right now in four SEC weekends. McCants batting 132, five hits and 38 at bats. Chatagne is only three for 42 in SEC play, and two of those three hits are doubles. And so you do have some holes. So you ask the question, how are you hitting 236 in league play? Because you do have some holes in the lineup. You know, Calarco is only batting 211 in SEC play. The strikeouts are high for me. You know, to me, you know, Kemp Alderman, you talk about Kemp, and I'll talk about Kemp later on. You know, Kemp is a guy that can run one out in a hurry. He's got tremendous bat speed, but he strikes out a lot. He's always struck out a lot. He's a power hitter. But he's got 12 strikeouts in league play, but T.J. McCants has 17 strikeouts in SEC play. So what does that tell me? When you look at Ole Miss, who has a lot of strikeout numbers up and down their order in SEC play, man, how big is it this weekend to throw strike one early in the count and not pitch 2-0, locate fastballs? Because this is the type of team. Ole Miss is the type of team that can kill you if you just give them free passes. And that really, based upon what you have seen them do in 12 SEC games, that's their recipe this weekend for beating us. And that's what's the crazy thing, Charlie. If you ask Mississippi State, everybody in that dugout, hey, we got a chance to win two out of three or sweep this weekend. If you ask people in the Ole Miss dugout, they're saying, hey, you know what, we got a chance to win two or two out of three or maybe sweep this weekend. You know, it's kind of like last weekend against Alabama. I mean, both teams feel like they have a good, good chance this weekend. It's funny you mentioned the walks. Ole Miss took the middle game at Texas A&M. They walked 11 times. You had Harris hit at the top of the order that game. He walked twice, scored twice. Only two times he was on base, he scored. Both of those times by walk. Groff, who was batting in the two-hole, walked once, had one hit. He scored twice. Gonzalez walked three times, scored a run. I mean, everywhere you go up and down the lineup, you know, Burford was playing third base that day, you know, gets on base. So the the idea is when they get guys on base by virtue of a walk, they have a way of taking advantage of it. The other thing they do really well is they score with two outs. How many times do we talk about the key to baseball being two out hits? More than half of Ole Miss's runs come with two outs. And so – when you give them walks, when you give them leadoff walks, two-out walks, walks of any nature, that's when they win. They take advantage of that. They run a little bit. They're 11 for 11 in stolen bases in league play. Mostly and with Groff. Mostly mostly with Groff. You know, Groff is – and that's overall. League games is T.J. McCants. 
McCants has five of the 11 stolen bases when he gets on base in SEC play. Now, going back and talking about the similarities, what have we talked about? We've had a tough time controlling the running game, and teams are running more against Ole Miss in SEC play. Teams are running more against Mississippi State in SEC play. Boy, you talk about not appreciating what you have until it's gone. Hayden Dunhurst was a really nice catcher. He didn't hit last year. Didn't hit it all the way that they wanted him to. I think he hit 230. But he threw out 11 of 29 that ran against him. And this year, teams are 21 of 23 in stolen bases against Ole Miss in the SEC play. And so when teams get on base, they have had the opportunities of stealing bases. Ole Miss, if they get on base this this weekend, they're going to take advantage of that opportunity and try to steal their way and work their way around the bases. So I, I, it's real crazy to think about. You know, we had Logan Tanner, and, you know, we've had some really good catchers. Dustin Skelton was good at throwing out runners. So you look at what they've had behind the plate, what we've had behind the plate. We've had two of the, the better batteries in the SEC over the last five years of being able to throw out runners trying to steal bases. And now it's kind of flipped. You know, right now teams are having more success against us and Ole Miss at stealing bases. One thing both teams, I think, are doing a better job, though, and that is they've cut down on pass balls. You know, if you look at Harris, who's catching for Ole Miss right now, not a lot gets past him. He's framing it well. He's blocking it up well. But they're still not able to control the running game. And, again, a lot of that goes back to pitching. You look at this Ole Miss staff, that's one of the places they've really been hurt. Is It's just different on the mound than it's been. Yeah, both teams have been hit with injuries. Of course, you know, we had Cade that went down the second week. We've slowly been able to work him back and get back in the lineup. They're anticipating Hunter Elliott coming back next week against LSU. So what they've had to do is is they've had to throw, you know, Doherty in as a Friday starter when he's really better on the back end in the bullpen. To me, Doherty and Nate Dome are very similar. High-velocity guys that are just really set up for two or three innings on the back end. And we had to throw Dome out there in a start. He was not as effective. They're having to throw Doherty out there in a start, and he has not been as effective as he's been in the bullpen. Doesn't it go back to quality of secondary pitches and really third pitches? I think, you know, both those guys could get it up there. Um, Now, the guy who can really run it up there is the guy, and, of course, we'll jump ahead to our pitching matchups in here in just a little bit. But uh, you're going to see the freshman, Quinn, who can really run it up there on Sunday. So a couple of teams, though. If somebody could leave this weekend pulling a sweep, it changes a lot. It changes a lot. Whoever takes two out of three is going to feel a whole lot better about themselves going home than they do coming into this weekend. Absolutely, they will. And now the thing that Ole Miss has on the back end of the schedule is they have Georgia and Missouri. We do not. And so they do have a chance to make up some room later in the year when it's going to be more difficult for us. And so, to me, that's one of the reasons. I think this weekend, even uh, it's at home, and so, yeah, it's big for us. A Super Bowl all weekend, yeah, it's big for us. But also looking at what the schedule has to hold for you over the next month and a half, I also think that's one of the reasons this weekend is so much bigger for Mississippi State than Ole Miss because of what you have in front of you. Well, and Ole Miss can still sell some hope, too. They were 7-14 and in league play last year, you know, seven weeks into the season and they go down to LSU get a sweep everything changes but the schedule sets up better for them to make a late run than it does for us so I think absolutely vital that Mississippi State get a series win here 
Um, hey, we are in the Farm Bureau studios, downtown Starkville, Mississippi, here on a Friday morning, getting ready for a big weekend. Agents in all 82 counties, and the thing you're going to want to do this weekend is get here early, give yourself some extra time so that you don't need to see your Farm Bureau agent bumping into somebody in a parking lot or what have you. The traffic here is going to be... Uh, hey, every spot big. on Main Street is taken right now which is crazy. This is first thing on Friday morning. So the people are already here. Here's what you also have to have this weekend, Charlie. You also have to, when you show up this weekend, it's almost like you've got to have a little zen to you. All right? Don't be worked up because it's going to be difficult to park. You're going to have to walk a long way. There's a lot of things going on. There's going to be a lot of people here. Just put your Fitbit on. Just and enjoy adding some steps. Is that what you're telling and me? And so if anybody in the family, if anybody starts complaining, I'm tired, I'm hot, hey, we're going to have a positive weekend this weekend. We're going to have a no negative weekend this weekend. Hey, I'll tell you something about no negatives that I would like to see. We've been historically bad, at least anecdotally. I can't back this up yet with that. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. The Saturday ball game. <laughs> And a Super Bulldog weekend is not our friend. No. And so we actually played Ole Miss two years ago. Oh, and Nikhazy came Doug Nikhazy, man, threw a one-hitter. That guy would be the ultimate heel in wrestling. I mean, <laughs> I have, it, I, there are very few opponents that I can think of who absorbed every bit of heckling, every bit of criticism, and relished it. Well, and that's why I say you have to be careful when looking at these stats because he was a veteran player. And sometimes the moment like you see on Saturday brings the best out of veteran players. They relish in that. It, it takes something different to flip the switch. And that's what you worry about a guy like a TJ McCants or a Peyton Chatnier, where they walk out there and it's almost like you relish the crowd. And then that's what turns you around. It's the Polo Tool. Yeah, the, the Polo Notre Tool Dame effect. guy that we talked about and interviewed a couple of years ago, who just came in here, and the more he got booed, the better he played. Oh, yeah. He lived for it. And so you also wonder, what's it going to do to some of our guys who haven't? And I'm not making excuses right here off the bat, but go ahead and think about it. What does it do to Dakota Jordan? What does it do to a Bryce Chance? What does it do to a Slade Alford? What does it do to a, a Ross Highfield, some of those guys? And, not, and I don't mean this in the way of, hey, I'm going to back down, but sometimes in baseball, the more you try to do something spectacular, the worse it gets. So I know we're going to talk about our pitching matchups in a minute. But you talk about the crowd. You talked about the craziness. Saturday's going to be crazy. You've got the Brett Eldridge concert afterwards. You've got the spring football game going on at 12. We play at 3. National broadcast. Is that the reason you throw Gartman on Saturday instead of Gerangelo? I think probably so. And, you know, Gartman's – Gartman's giving you something, right? He's gone deeper. We talk about Gartman being a guy that can't go through the order that many times. He's been going as deep as anybody here recently. He is. But he's you know, he doesn't show a whole lot of emotion out there. He's kind of a kind of a quiet guy out there on the mound, a little cerebral when he's out there pitching. Um He's you, like the anti Bradley Lofton. Exactly. But what also too is here's what brings into play with, with Gartman. His changeup is really good. Let me tell you this, do you you talk about Bradley Lofton in a big crowd, big situations, you get geared up at the plate. Is it just me or the changeup becomes more effective in a high leverage 
crowd situation. No, I think that's absolutely true because it goes back to what we were talking about. When you try, I hate the phrase, didn't try to do too much. How many times, you know, I'm just going to double instead of hitting a home run. I don't want to do too much here. But is it, but, but the idea is when you're up there taking that little extra big swing, you think about the left-handers. Ole Miss got a number of left-handers in this lineup. How does that right-handed change up from Gartman work against guys trying to yank it out to right? Because, look, it's, it is very tempting as a left-handed hitter in this ballpark to want to get around on one. And what does a change-up away do to you? So that'll be be fun to watch. I, I'm interested to see this. I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's going to be a competitive series. I will say this. We talked last week, Bart, about how it was a good thing that we got run-ruled in the middle game because we saved up everything for game three. This is not the weekend to get run-ruled. Well, I was going to say that uh, coming in this weekend. Okay, that, that brings up a good point. If you were to were to put a percentage chance of you having a run rule either way in the first two games, what would your percentage be? I think the percentage may be a little high. I think the, you know, because if somebody comes out and scores five runs early, four runs early, and you're trying to win the series, is this the weekend that you, that you may see it? Does Ole Miss wave the white flag early, you know, tonight if we come out and score five early runs? Same thing for us. I don't think so. I don't think even if you could sit back and say, hey, this is better for me over the long haul, I don't think you know, uh, so yeah. that, that got their back up on this one now. And that's why I asked the question, because if you're playing, say, Georgia this weekend, do you coach this weekend differently from yeah. your pitching standpoint because it is State and Ole Miss? You do. I think you do, you do too. Because I think both of these – I think Mississippi State staff's in a little different spot than Ole Miss because we're now a year and a half removed from a championship. But there have been some tough days. I just can't – I don't see it. No, not at all. I don't see it. Now, this is an Ole Miss team. You know, they got roughed up at Vandy. They were run-ruled in a ball game up there. But for the most part, if you look, even in that 5-12 and 12 stretch that they've had over the last 17, I think they've given up double-digit runs five times. And without doing the looking, I guarantee you ours is higher than that. Yeah, we're not going to go off analytics. We're just going on feel. Going on feel. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what we're going to do. So, hey, how about this? Because we talk about the big crowds. Ole Miss has not had many classic road games this season. They have played neutral sites. They've played at home. They've got, I think, eight true road games all year. This is only, excuse me, they have nine. So this will be their 10th true road game. 0-3 against Vandy on the road, 1-2 against A&M. So, in the league, 1-5 in road games. The biggest crowd they have played against on the road, and keep in mind, this is biggest announced crowd, 6,100 at A&M. You know, when you play up at Vandy, Vandy's a good baseball team, but the crowd doesn't get to you. No, you don't. And the thing about uh, here compared, and we talked about this a lot, compared to Texas A&M, you don't have any seats in the outfield at Texas A&M. I mean, you're encircled here when uh, when you get here. And so you you can't breathe at all if you're out there on the mound. You see now a wall they do people. bring a lot of choreography to things. Do they? Pre-planned chants at Texas A&M. Yeah, a lot of hugging. Yeah, they a lot of swaying a, back and forth. Yeah, you got you to gotta love your neighbor. You got <laughs> to hug your neighbor. All right, so why don't we jump in, Bart, and let's take a look at our pitching matchups this weekend. 
All right, now pitching matchups brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, Mississippi-made product right here in Florence, Mississippi. Of course, the Country Meat Packers, they have the big butcher shop. They cater if you need a bunch of ribs, need to feed 500 people with ribs, they can do it. But they also make that great Country Pleasing Sausage that's become a staple, especially in the state of Mississippi but also throughout the southeast. And our pitching matchups brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Hey, and you know what else Country Pleasing is doing? Next Friday, the crawfish boil here at the park in Starkville, right down there by the fire station on Russell Street. Oh, yeah. We've got the crawfish boil, the Country Pleasing. The King Cotton Crawfish Bowl. Putting that on. And if you're driving up to Starkville this weekend, make sure you go to startville.org and uh, you kind of plan out your weekend Make your reservation at restaurants. It is going to be packed this weekend. If you're trying to figure out what kind of events are going on in Startville, when you try to make those plans to come up here, go to startville.org. They'll fill you in on everything. But the partnership, downtown businesses, and the country pleasing, they're partnering together for that uh, crawfish bowl in a couple weeks. And so, Charlie, our pitching matchups this weekend – Bulldogs are going to go with Cade Smith in a game tonight. One and one record, a 7.5 earned run average. And then Jack Doherty for Ole Miss. Two and three record, 42 strikeouts. Talked about Doherty a minute ago. Really a guy that's had to step into the role that Hunter Elliott, the, that void that Elliott losing him early in the year has left them. And so he's more of a bullpen guy. You try to see how many innings he can go in this game tonight. He's really good. He is really, really good for two and three innings, and they're going to try to extend him even more. Going back to the point I made a minute ago, Cade Smith, he's a guy that's pitched in front of crowds before. Last week he had a, a decent start against Alabama through even more pitches. Is tonight the night where you've been watching that pitch count, trying to slowly bring him back? Is tonight the night where you say, Cade, just go get us what you can get us? Yeah, I think you have to. And this goes back to something that we've talked about. It, there has become this idea in baseball all the way up to the major leagues that if a guy has a little patch of trouble in the first or the second inning, you got to get him out get somebody out there. I think this is a game where you've got to look at your offense and say, guys, we're going to have to score five, six, seven, eight runs. And if you look at Ole Miss, that's the key for them. They're 13-1 and one when the opponent scores five or fewer. So you get, you got to get some runs if you're going to win anyway. I think you have to be willing to live with Kate Smith giving up one in the first, giving up another in the third, and not panic because you've got to fill some innings. And you want a veteran out there to do it, and you have to be able to trust yourself as an offense. Look, Darty this year has had four starts in league play. In those four starts, he's gone a total of 19 innings. He doesn't have a win. Teams are hitting 348 against him. The guy's given up seven home runs in 19 innings, so he can be hit. I think it's one of those things you, you need as much of anything, not a great start from Cade Smith, a quality start. Yeah, I agree with that. You mentioned that home run number, too. We talked about us last week giving up the long ball, which we do. We give up 29 home runs in SEC play, which is the most in the league. Ole Miss has given up 28, which is the second worst in the league. I mean, we're the, we're the two teams that give up the most home runs in SEC play. Doherty, right now, 31 hits and 19 innings of work in the in SEC play. Six doubles, 
seven home runs. And so out of the 31 hits, 13 have been extra base hits. And so that's tonight's game, Jack Doherty for Ole Miss and then for Mississippi State, Cade Smith. Well, the game tomorrow will go Landon Gartman. They'll go Xavier Rivas. And Rivas in 21 and a third has pitched it much better. He had a better weekend last weekend, 23 strikeouts. He has walked some, 12 walks in 21 and a third. And so Rivas, the left-hander tomorrow. And so you, you feel like you're going to see some left-handed change-ups from Rivas tomorrow against our right-handed hitters. Rivas, the left-hander. This is a staff that doesn't have a ton of left-handed pitching. Throws in the low 90s. His fastball is one of those that's that rides. It's got a good spin rate. Gets more swing and miss than you would think from a low 90s fastball. Just okay with a slider. It's got a chance to be good. And then we roll into Sunday, and you're going to see a big, tall right-hander for Ole Miss, J.T. Quinn, a freshman. Yep, no wins, no losses. 14 and a third of work in SEC play in four starts. So, you know, less than four innings per SEC start. He's given up 15 hits, just over a hit per inning, 15 hits and 14 and a third. 16 strikeouts, and he doesn't walk anybody. He's walked four guys this year, teams batting 278 in league play against JT, Gwen, uh, JT Quinn. And so he's a big guy. And so now we're going to counter with Gerangelo. We He was Friday night a couple of weeks ago. He went in the second game last weekend, and now you go in game three with Lowe. The slow starts are very concerning. And you just want. In last week, Gerangelo just went from the right side. He just pitched from the right side. He's essentially becoming a right-handed pitcher. Yeah, at least for now. And I think it's because he feels more comfortable right now with this stuff from the right side. It will be interesting though, because there's going to be a stack of left-handers in this Ole Miss lineup. And you know, you start to look at the Ole Miss lineup. Harris hits left-handed. Gonzalez, Calarco, McCants. That's four of them. Do we see him go back? I don't think you will. I think you're going to see him throw right-handed. But ultimately, that's up to him. I mean, it's a feel thing. And so so we will see. Yep, and that's our pitching matchups brought to you by Country Pleasing Sauce. And, of course, this is our Trax Plus Deep Dig. Trax Plus now with five locations. Heavy machinery. Go to TraxPlus.com. New or used heavy machinery. They've got a great service center down in Hickory, Mississippi. That's where it all started in Hickory. Morphed into Starkville, Columbus, then in Summit, Mississippi. Alexandria, Louisiana, now in Bessemer, Alabama as well. That's Saney Equipment for the Dirt Contractors. Barco Equipment for the Foresters. Heavy Equipment, our good friends at Trax Plus. All right, Charlie, time for our two guys that can smoke you. Brought to you by Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Who you got? You get one, I get one. Who you got? Well, I have a feeling that you're going to go with Kemp Alderman. I am going to go with Kemp. All right, so because you're going to go with Kemp, I'm going to go with Jacob Gonzalez, the shortstop. When Ole Miss wins, Gonzalez plays well, or vice versa. Um, Gonzalez hitting 342 this year. He's a guy that's got a chance to be a top 10 pick. He's on the Golden Spikes watch list, all those things. He's a first-team all-conference player. He's a shortstop that has made only two errors all season long, which is a nice thing to have in a defense. Look, you go back to the championship game they won last year, the game two that gave them the title. It was Gonzalez who did the damage. I mean, he was three for four. He is a big-time baseball player. He can hit. Started every game they've played this year. Hey, up the middle, Gonzalez at short, Chatagnier, and then Groff in center. All three of those guys have been there every game they've played. I, I laughed one time. Uh, it's been a couple of years. I was having an argument with an Ole Miss fan about I liked Gonzalez, and the guy was telling me, oh, he's overrated, he's not any good, and 
don't don't <laughs> care about. It. And then I said, man, this guy is a pro player. And he's like, yeah, well, I me mean, at third. It's like, okay. no, he's a pro player second. <laughs> only two errors this year. Yashadnyeh's only had four errors all season. Some but of those have come at bad times. Some of those, one of those came at a bad time last week. And you say that, Groff, in, in center field. Those guys, they're really good in the middle of the field. Gonzalez is a pro. I mean, he's one of the better shortstops in the country. Yeah, so Gonzalez is the guy. So I have had the difficulty this year, Charlie, as you have seen. I'm getting a little bit older, and I'm starting to refer to players as their parents. Okay, you saw it in football. I would call Will Rogers Wyatt several times. You've seen it early this year. I'll call Ross Highfield. I'll call him Mike sometimes because of his dad is named Mike. I am going to call Kemp Alderman Kelly this weekend. I know I'm going to do it. I've known Kelly for a long time. That Kemp uh, Kemp Alderman's family that grew up in he grew up in Union. He went to Newton Academy. His mom Shay. I've known Shay for a long time. She's a heck of a basketball player in high school for the Union Yellow Jackets. But Kemp, since going to Ole Miss, you know, he was a guy early in his career was a all or nothing. He had a hard swing, and if he hit it, I mean, the first home run he hit was against LSU. If he hit it, it went a long way. If he didn't hit it, he was going to strike out. But he's turned into a better hitter. And so right now in SEC play, he's only batting 286 in SEC play, three home runs, 11 RBIs. His on-base percentage – is 340. Now, so why am I talking about Kemp? He's batting 286. He is the guy, if you put people on base in front of him, Ole Miss at the top of their order can do some damage. And so Kemp Alderman, you want to pitch to him with nobody on base instead of two guys on base. So he's hitting 359 overall. Right. Uh, with 14 home runs. So Yeah, I mean, he can. This is this is a guy that can hit it to all fields and hit it a long ways. And so when you start thinking about Gonzalez and Alderman and some of these guys in this lineup, if you pitch to them, Calvin Harris, you don't want anybody on base in front of them. Free passes are going to be big this weekend. Now, we were much better in the Tuesday night game at UAB. We didn't walk anybody to the last seven at-bats that UAB had. Early on, we had some walks. How about this? i got to go back to the Alderman things. You just you mentioned the difference in – SEC batting average overall. This is a team hitting 63 points lower in league play than they are overall. I mean, it's it's phenomenal the job SEC pitching has done on this team. Alderman still, though, a guy, you, you look at that slugging percentage, 531. I mean, he, he can put a charge into it. Yeah, you really can. And that's our two players that can smoke. He brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats right here on University Drive in Starkville. Two Brothers, the menu is outstanding. If you're looking for a place, say, hey, you know, I hadn't tried anywhere that anywhere new. I just want something good to eat, some good food. Everything they, they feed you is really good stuff. And, of course, that's kind of a staple. If you ever go there, you're going to go back. The bar scene's outstanding at night. You've got the patio on the front of the first floor. You've got the balcony upstairs. Great people watching. It'll be great people watching this weekend with a ton of people in town. And that's our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats. And we're also brought to you by Heartland Catfish. Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly find. It's right here in the state of Mississippi over in Itabina. And Heartland, from the ponds all the way to your plate. And they serve it at great restaurants around the southeast. And one of those great restaurants is in Lafayette County, and that's Taylor Grocery. Sometimes we'll take the the trip up to Taylor Grocery, the whole catfish plate. They got the catfish nuggets. They got great food, of course, at Taylor Grocery. It's a staple in North Mississippi. And every time you go in there and you get that great whole catfish, you can get the fillets. Man, 
it's great stuff. They do it right. One of the best places in the state of Mississippi for their catfish fillet plates or the whole catfish plates, blackened catfish. But it comes from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. All right, Bart. So we've looked at our two guys that can smoke you. We've looked at our pitching matchups. Here's my final question for you. I want to talk broadcasting a minute. Uh-oh. Because I would argue that for whether you're Richard Cross, whether you're Bart Gregory, there are a couple of weekends <laughs> that you know you could hear about it. State Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas, and those are the ones, right? It is. And, and yes, you do have to broadcast. And so I want to know. I want to know, am I going to hear the, there's a pop-up to write, that's out of here. You know what I'm talking about, right? So Enrique for, Bradfield. Yeah, for those who don't know, Enrique Bradfield hit a ball that on most days would have been caught by the second baseman, maybe out on the grass, but it it flew away. And, and so Bart's call was, there's popped up, and that's gone. And so Enrique <laughs> Bradfield then uh, decides to come after you on Twitter. Well, so, you know, he's, he's, he called me announcer. Well, he didn't, Announcer he didn't call guy. you by name. He didn't call me by name. That's okay, though. I'm a big boy. I can take that. So, uh, what I want to know is, are you on your game for this weekend? Well, I think you have to be. In for, first and foremost, you do broadcast SEC games a little bit different than you do a Tuesday night game. And it's almost like when you're broadcasting a Tuesday night game, you know, we're kind of us. You know, it's it's our broadcast. But you also know on weekends that there are a lot of fans from a lot of different schools that are watching. And there are a lot of people in the baseball world that flip around channels. I think of Pat Casey, who's the former coach at Oregon State. This is the weekend the Pat Casey's of the world flip around and watch State and Ole Miss. And so to kind of honor baseball and to do the right thing, this is a weekend where you got to broadcast it straight up. And now you're not going to see Solomon Bart. You're not going to see – there's another hit to write. Yellum Gregory. And so th- this is a weekend where you've kind of got to, you know, you, you've got to split it down the middle. And, I th- and hey, go, you go back to Richard, and Richard has done a good job of that when he broadcasts Mississippi State games. Now, I know Richard. Richard is a friend of mine, and I know Richard loves Ole Miss like I love Mississippi State. And I know he wants Ole Miss to win. But he also cares enough about his broadcast to know that he's got to play it straight up and do it, do it in a nice way. And so, you know, if, uh, now I'm not going to say I'm going to slant this thing toward Ole Miss at all, <laughs> at all. But, you know, this is a weekend where you do it. Now, we got the Friday and the Sunday game. Who has the Saturday game? I don't even know. Mike Monaco and Todd Walker. Will they be here? They will not. They will not be here. So, the SEC Network on Super Bowl all weekend Saturday are not sending announcers to the actual ballpark when you're going to have an overflow crowd. That's my understanding. Okay. And, hey, let me tell you this. It's not Mike's fault. It's not Todd's fault. No, not at all. Not at all. I hate that. I hate that for them. And so, because Saturday is going to be pretty cool. There's going to be a bunch of people here. I go back. This is the weekend to be zen. This is the weekend to, you know, hey, all right, we can make it over there. We may be a little bit late. Just be, just, just be patient. Hey, real quick, um, spring game this weekend, Zach Arnett. I think you're going to see one of the more competitive spring games we've seen. He's going to go one-on-one, twos-on-twos. And I'm telling you, man, this guy's intense. <laughs> this guy's next-level intense. Yeah, he really is. And so, uh, looking forward to that. And let me tell you this. If you go to the spring game and we don't score touchdowns on every single drive, 
and you don't see, you know, a 80% completion percentage. You talk about being patient. You are installing a new offense. If you don't see explosive offense at the spring game, don't drive away from here sitting there saying, man, we're terrible. We're terrible offensively. This is going to be a work in progress offensively through the summer and into fall ball, and I think you're going to have more explosive plays. But I'm going to tell you this right now from someone who has had a lot of experience with a lot of spring games. A lot of times you have vast overreaction either way based upon a spring game performance. I'm always amazed by the people who get terribly excited about spring games because you know my rule. Somebody's going to be talked about tomorrow, and there's a 75% chance they won't be on the roster by August. That's how spring <laughs> games go. All right, so big weekend of baseball. You and I will be back, come rain, sleet, hail, or snow, on Sunday morning, I presume, for Sunday coffee. Yeah, we'll be both be back in the studio because we have Sunday afternoon baseball. You and I have the getaway day on the Sunday broadcast. So we got the broadcast tonight. Looking forward to it. I always enjoy this. I, and I said this before, and I was asked this question a couple of years ago about when Tanner Allen hit the triple. You, know, you go back to the point of trying to split it down the middle because, I mean, there's no doubt in the back of my mind who I want to win these ball games this weekend. That's how I grew up. But also I have to honor the way that I was brought up, brought up the broadcast as well in a somewhat professional way. But I'll say this. Two years ago when Tanner Allen hit that, that triple and cleared the bases on Sunday, you were sitting right beside me. It took me 30 minutes to calm down. I mean, I, I was shaking. I couldn't calm down. That place was rocking, and that was a big moment in that game. That was a big moment in that series. The game was tied. We can't come back. the whole season. Oh, that was a moment turner, and you knew it. And I'm telling you, I still get I'm getting chills right now just thinking about him rounding those bases and how loud that place gets. It got louder and louder. It was loud at first base. It got louder at second base. And when he slid into third, it got even more loud. And, I mean, that place was unbelievable. That was one of my favorite broadcasting moments because you had so many people there and you understood how big that moment was. That was cool. And we could see some big moments this weekend. Could see some big moments this weekend too. Because I, for one, am not ready to write this season off just yet. And so you come out and get some wins, then you worry about next weekend when it gets here. But until Sunday, it's been a look at our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Bart and I will be back Sunday morning.